Welcome back to The Common Christian Diet. I'm Paige, and this is episode number 13 called, I'll Just Work Out at Home. It's about the benefits of community. The Freshman 15. We all know what that phrase means. Our young adults spend their first year in college under their own roof with no one to monitor their activities or their eating habits. And the result for many is an extra 15 pounds of late-night pizza-induced fluff. Now, this type of phenomenon is not limited to college students. We could just as easily coin a phrase for the honeymoon 10, stressed out 20, or the I'm happily married and just don't care anymore 30. I personally can confess to the honeymoon 10. Before my wedding, I worked out like a madwoman, making sure I could squeeze everything under my Spanx and so the zipper of my dress would make it all the way to the top. But the honeymoon? Now that was seven days of making up for all the calories I had been denying myself over the previous months. Now the truth is, I never stepped on the scale when I came home to see how much weight I actually gained. I was well aware of all my binge eating, dessert with every meal, and don't mind if I do snacks by the pool. I was well aware that I couldn't shift from all-out exercise fanatic to all-out eating machine without any consequences. But I had no desire to measure it and prove to myself how bad my habits really were. My honeymoon 10, or however much it actually was, was a quick and temporary change. I spent one week gaining the weight and probably two months losing it again. But other changes, like the freshman 15 or the stressed out 20, are much more gradual. They are based on smaller changes made over a longer period of time, and the consequences can be much harder to recognize. We might notice that our clothes mysteriously keep shrinking in the dryer, but we blow it off because Macy's is having a huge sale and we wanted some new clothes anyway. We might notice that we don't have as much energy and we get winded more quickly, but we could just point to the fact that we are getting older and we didn't sleep well last night. We could go on for years just keeping our eyes closed, refusing to notice anything is different. Sometimes it takes something dramatic to happen before we open our eyes and take a good look at ourselves. Have I really changed that much? How did it get this bad? When we are honest with ourselves, we are already aware of whether or not we are making good choices and living a healthy lifestyle. We know if we are eating right and exercising, or if we are a fast food junkie. Of course, even a healthy person can make a late night stop for a juicy McBurger, but a lifestyle is based on consistent routines and habits. Are we being intentional about what we eat and drink? Are we intentional with how we spend our time? Life has a way of dictating our lifestyle if we allow it. As we drift away from healthy habits, we start to become more intentional with our excuses, and we can rattle off all sorts of reasons for the changes. First, our relatives came to visit and we ate out every night. Then our job schedule changed and we had to quit our morning workouts. And then the kids joined soccer, so we started ordering Grubhub for dinner after practice three nights a week. And so on. Life has a way of dictating our lifestyle, but we can overcome it when we choose to be intentional with our habits. Part of the process of overcoming the demands of life is simply focusing on the bigger picture. Making a fast food run on a busy evening is an okay choice occasionally, but left unattended, our choices become our habits and our habits become our lifestyle. Focusing on the bigger picture helps us see how an unhealthy lifestyle can affect us down the road and possibly lead to things like obesity, diabetes, or heart disease. Maintaining a healthy lifestyle requires us to be intentional with our habits and choices, but it also requires us to take a good, honest look in the mirror ever so often. It's easy to pretend everything is okay if we refuse to see our reflection. 
When life pulls us away from our normal routine, we'll avoid the bathroom scale and any article of clothing with the word skinny on the label. The longer we go dressing in baggy clothing and telling ourselves we're bloated, the harder it will be to make the necessary adjustments. When life begins to dictate our lifestyle, it's important to remember there are consequences from too much fast food, saturated fats, and lack of exercise. But we have to remind ourselves we have options. When life demands we eat out for dinner, we need to find something healthy on the menu and maybe try to squeeze in a walk over lunch. When the kids join soccer practice, we can make a low-fat meal in the crock pot that'll be hot and ready when we get home. But let's say life has been getting away from us. Then we wake up one morning and we're tired of squeezing into our jeans that have shrunk in the dryer yet again. Or maybe we received a bad report from the doctor or whatever the reason. We wake up and we're ready to take control and start some new habits. As we start visualizing what a healthier lifestyle might look like, we find a few crockpot recipes, pack a healthy lunch, and dig through the closet for some workout clothes that still fit. Then we head to work and decide we're finally ready to stop by the gym and sign up for that membership on our way home. Now this is the part when things can go really good or really bad really fast. Lifestyle changes are hard, but they become even harder if we go into them with unrealistic expectations. When we were simply driving by the gym every day, we were free to create our own version of what working out might look like. Maybe we imagined taking that cool new hip-hop class, pumping iron in the weight room, or casual laps in the pool. But our first day in the gym looked a little different than it did in our minds. The hip-hop class was full of 20-somethings, and we felt like an uncoordinated grandma. The weight room was crowded, and we didn't know how to work most of the machines. The pool was nice, but we got tired so quickly that we probably burned more calories just squeezing into our swimsuit than we did swimming laps. The gym was not what we imagined. We head home a little discouraged and wonder if it's really worth the effort. It wouldn't take very many days like that for us to just quit the gym, buy some new extra relaxed jeans, and return to all our old habits. The ability to stick to a lifestyle change typically requires a few things. Realistic expectations, a long-term goal, and lots of support. If we walk into the weight room on day one thinking we can lift 100 pounds over our heads, we're going to be discouraged. If we join the gym with no purpose for losing weight or lowering our cholesterol, we won't have much motivation to keep coming. If we never ask anyone how to use the weight machines, our routine will be limited and we'll get frustrated. Quitting the gym is easy, especially if we work out alone. No one will notice if we're gone, and soon we'll just stop showing up. But how different might a lifestyle change look with the right amount of support and encouragement? What if our best friend also wanted to eat better and start working out? What if we stepped on the scale together, set goals, and encouraged each other through the ups and downs of weight loss? What if we shared recipes, learned to use the weight machines, and became the dancing grannies of the hip-hop class? What if we called each other late at night when we're sitting on the kitchen floor with a pint of Rocky Road crying because we ate the whole thing? How much more successful might we be? Even when we lose a battle or two with Rocky Road, our friend will encourage us not to quit. They'll help us stay focused on the big picture and work toward a healthier lifestyle. Now, everything I have just talked about could be repeated regarding our spiritual health. Our spiritual health can also be impacted by the Honeymoon 10, Freshman 15, and the I Don't Care Anymore 30. But the impact on our spiritual health can be much harder to recognize. Instead of weight gain, it can look like irritability. Instead of high blood pressure, it can look like anxiety or hopelessness. 
When we are unhealthy spiritually, it can lead to negativity, outbursts of anger, unrighteous thinking, and despair. Left unchecked, it can destroy relationships, ruin careers, and impact what we believe about God and whether or not we think He loves us. Even more than our physical health, our spiritual health needs support and encouragement. It is nearly impossible to look at ourselves in the mirror and see ourselves clearly. We think the anger is justified and that our hopelessness is normal. We think 24-7 stress is just part of everyday life and that busyness is a status symbol. What we believe affects our choices. Our choices become our habits and our habits become our lifestyle. But many of us fail to see the connection between what we believe and our spiritual health. Developing healthy spiritual habits is more difficult to implement than simply going on a diet or walking the dog three nights a week. The truth is that we don't always understand what a spiritually healthy lifestyle looks like. With our physical health, we know vegetables are good and fried food is bad. We know exercise is good and couch potatoing is bad. But when it comes to spiritual health, it's not so obvious. And that's because the world has a way of dictating to us what is right and wrong, good and bad, through its perspective. Except the world's perspective is not aligned with the Word of God. The world's ways and God's ways have always been at odds with each other, similar to a late-night fast-food commercial in a health club. We know one is good for us and the other isn't, but the commercial is just so darn attractive. The world advertises a plethora of lies that seem true and are very attractive. Things like, money buys happiness, you're only young once, if it feels good, do it, live every day like it's your last, you deserve the best, and everybody can't be wrong. The world's commercials lead us to believe we can live footloose and fancy-free with no consequences and that it's the rules of following God that make us miserable. And many of us are attracted to the world's ways of living because we think it will make us happy. The spiritual freshman 15 might look like partying and promiscuity. The stressed out 20 might be jumping from job to job to job, chasing the lie that happiness is just around the next corner. And the I just don't care anymore 30 might be a workaholic in love with success and money. At some point, we might realize that our habits are not healthy, but we really don't understand how to look in the mirror and see our spiritual self. Yes, we might be stressed, angry, and always feeling like we need something more in life to be happy. But when we look around at the world, we look just like everybody else. And everybody can't be wrong, right? But some of us will get a wake-up call and decide we want things to be different. Maybe we missed another soccer game and we're wondering why we keep working ourselves to death. Maybe it's another fight with our spouse. Maybe a loved one passed away and we ask ourselves if we're really sure we're going to heaven when we die. Or maybe we just feel that empty void that makes us wonder if there's more to life. The world said these things would make us happy, but it just hasn't worked out that well. So we decide we need some new habits. For some people, this might mean working less hours, no more drinking, or cleaning up their language. But others might decide it's time to set the alarm on Sunday morning and get back to church. But here's the point where things could go really well or really bad really fast. Just like with the gym, we might have a lot of pictures in our mind of what the church is supposed to look like. We have expectations for how we'll be greeted, what type of music will be played, and how long the pastor's sermon should be. But when we actually walk through the doors on our first day, it may not look anything like what we imagined. Maybe instead of a friendly smile and a handshake when we walked in, someone handed us an iPad and asked for our digital information. 
Maybe the hymns we remembered as a kid were replaced by a loud band, and the pastor's sermon rambled on too long about some guy in the Bible named Habakkuk. The morning was filled with awkward greetings, so-so coffee, and lots of corporate prayers that we don't know the words to. So we head home a little discouraged, wondering if this church thing is really worth the effort. But the important thing to remember here is that our spiritual health is not about the church itself. It's about getting a spiritual workout. A spiritual workout includes things like replacing the world's truth with God's truth, taking thoughts captive, wrestling with the Word of God, and transforming into the likeness of Christ. And these exercises can be very difficult to do alone. And I want to be completely transparent here and admit there is no such thing as a perfect gym or a perfect church. Either of them could vary from a rundown building to a fancy schmancy palace. Both gyms and churches could be filled with a variety of people, some who don't want to be there, some who are there for the wrong reasons, and others who are only there to be seen in their cute outfits. Both places have people who are very fit, very unfit, and people who think they are very fit but indeed are not. And either place could hire trainers who truly help people improve their health, trainers who simply repeat the same exercises over and over again, or possibly even trainers who teach unhealthy habits that could get somebody hurt. My purpose in saying all that is not to drive people away from gyms and churches, but to focus on the main goal, which is getting some exercise. There's no such thing as a perfect gym or a perfect church, but finding a good one can help us achieve our health goals. The church is meant to be a community of Jesus followers all trying to help each other with our spiritual workouts. It might seem like it would be better to work out at home first so we can get in shape before we go to church, but it's better to have workout partners who can teach us to exercise properly. If the world has dictated our lifestyle for a long time, we won't know what healthy habits actually look like. We need to spend time with people who know the truth of God's Word to help us see ourselves with a new perspective. I attended church for about 15 years before I actually joined the church community. I sat in a pew on Sunday mornings, but I still worked out at home. I didn't want to step on the scale in front of anyone. I didn't want anyone noticing my honeymoon 10 or my stressed out 20. I didn't want to stand in front of the mirror and realize I was still wearing my freshman 15 from all those years ago. The truth was, I was in church, but I wasn't exercising properly. I was still letting the lies of the world dictate my life. It wasn't until I got involved with other believers that I truly began to understand that God's ways are not only different from the ways of the world, but better. I listened to people talk about their own struggles with sin, the lies they used to believe, and how they wrestled with the Word of God. I was finally able to bring my question about God's ways to people who could give me some biblical answers. I began to understand truths about things like forgiveness, obedience, and why it's important to love our enemies but not money. I learned the exercises of confession and repentance. The church wasn't perfect and every workout wasn't a success, but it helped me form new beliefs and shed some of the weight I had been carrying. My new beliefs led to better choices, and my better choices led to healthier habits. Ultimately, I learned how to look in the mirror using the Word of God to help me see my own spiritual health. The world has a way of dictating our lifestyle but we can overcome it by being intentional with our choices. Lifestyle changes require realistic expectations, a long-term goal, and lots of support. We need to know that developing new healthy habits is a slow process based on a series of small, consistent choices. 
If we walk into a church on day one and expect to be perfect Christians, we're going to be very disappointed. Our goal must be to follow Christ, but our focus is on taking simple steps of obedience. Little by little, through sermons, scripture reading, and other spiritual exercises, we will discover God's ways are better than the world's. We'll learn that money doesn't actually buy happiness. Just because something feels good doesn't mean we should do it, and none of the other commercials of the world are true either. But learning truth is not the end. We need support from other believers to live according to the truth we know. The world's commercials are very attractive, and lies can be easy to believe. The fast pace of the world leads us to consume fast food, but that doesn't make it good for us. The best way to develop healthy spiritual habits is to surround ourselves with people who practice them. None of us will do it perfectly, but as we grow in community with other believers, we get to witness people who will walk away from gossip, pray for their enemies, and even say a blessing over the crazy driver who cut them off in traffic. We learn to confess, repent, and shed our freshman 15. Then we use what we learn to help others who join after us. There is no such thing as a perfect church because there is no such thing as perfect people. God gave us the church to help each other learn truth so we can follow him. It's not a building. It's a community of sinners working out together with spiritual exercises. As we strive to be spiritually healthy, we need people who will step on the scale with us, set spiritual weight loss goals, share recipes, and be the friend we can call when we are tempted by sin. We won't do it perfectly, but as we set our eyes on becoming more like Jesus, we'll learn to turn away from the world's commercials because we know our joy comes only from the Lord. Well, I hope you liked this episode. Come back for episode 14 when we talk about the plateau of weight loss. I'm Paige, and this is The Common Christian Diet. Oh, and then we nurse the excuses when we want to stay the same. Every day Yeah, you.